check, check, white check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. It's 11 a.m. Pacific. Good to be back. We had a week off, yeah. And a uh, week off in the series, week off in the show. But we are back. We do two in a row. And we'll be off, and then the great outdoors start. So lots of, lots to of talk about when it comes to the Monster Energy Supercross Series. Two more to go. Uh, New Jersey this weekend. It's a day race. Then we got Vegas, and it's a wrap. Cooper Webb, 18-point lead right now over Eli Tomac, who has won the last two in a row. Uh, and certainly uh, the 250 East Series picks back up. Second last race for them. And Forkner is going to try to ride. Uh, he has a meniscus and ACL issue from what I've been led to believe, but he is going to try to tough this thing out. I don't like his chances, but, uh, man, if he does it, it'll be amazing. He's certainly been the best rider on that coast. So 702-586-7857, give us a call. We are giving away a set of fly racing kinetic mesh gear as well as a set of Pro Taper clamp-on grips to uh, just a couple of random callers, man. So, again, 702-586-7857. Thank you for listening. Uh, I leave t- this afternoon for uh, New Jersey. We have a Fly Racing Racer X, Fly Racing Pulpamex. It's kind of Fly Racing. It's Yamaha. That's it. It's Yamaha Pulpamex Racer X live podcast show uh, tomorrow at The Loft in Patterson, New Jersey. Wygant, myself, JT will be there. Tickets start at 20 bucks. So please check out uh, pulpamex.com or racerx uh, to um, get uh, get your uh, link to get tickets on that. So yeah, easy to do. Uh, no problem. Looking forward to having you people out there, man. It should be fun. Uh, and again, 702-586-7857 if, um, if you want to go um, or call in, I should say, and maybe with a chance to win. So Paul Parabinos, Jason Thomas on the show. Uh, fly Racing, flyracing.com. Formula Helmet is out now. Uh, they've spent a ton of money on developing this thing, and the reviews are in, and it's fantastic. It is a ultimate high-end helmet from the folks at Fly Racing. Uh, high-speed stuff, low-speed stuff, uh, really, really working well. Check out their test data they have on Fly Racing and flyracing.com. Uh, they will uh, show you uh, what how it lines up against other premium helmets. So these guys have done a good job with that. Zach Osborne, Blake Baggett, just some of the guys that wear Fly Racing. Uh, Weston Pike was back on the bike wearing Fly Racing the other day. Uh, also, Git, 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 uh, Justin Marsha, uh, Josh Grant, Aaron Plessinger, all using Git ECUs out there, data loggers as well. Uh, a lot of teams are using the data loggers that maybe don't use the ECU. Two-stroke. East, uh, two-stroke, four-stroke ECUs as well available from the folks that get. They've got a really cool uh, jump starter thing that's $100. It can boost a battery. Throw it in your glove box. It'll be really, really good. they got a, a, a Wi-Fi uh, tuner coming out as well. Um, or they, It's out, I think. Uh, really, really cool stuff from the folks that get. ProTaper, ProTaper.com, uh, JGR, Suzuki, Geico, Honda, just some of the teams that use uh, ProTaper. And uh, ProTaper.com bars and sprockets. Please check them out. Whether you need an oversized bar, whether you need a whether you need a bar without a crossbar, they've got you handled. Uh, and or seven eighths, the old school seven eighths aluminum bar. They'll do that for you as well. And also Maxxis tires, MXST, developed by the King Jeremy McGrath. Uh, used by AJ Cantanzaro right now out there, uh, privateer hero AJ Cantanzaro, trying to uh, put in the main event and uh, also trying to look at this uh, Yamaha Pulpamex LCQ money. That thing is coming down to the wire. Two races to go with that. The 97 has a pretty good lead on that, but uh, you never know. So Maxxis tires, mountain bike tires as well. I use the Minion uh, mountain bike tire. Absolutely love it. Um, and, uh, yeah. MXST tires, so please check them out if you're in the market for a set of tires. Like I said, Cantonzaro is running them right now, so uh, you know they work very well. I'm Steve Mathis uh, with me, holding the sh- holding the show down, producing the show, taking things, uh, taking your calls. He's uh, he was early today, and uh, you know he's probably looking forward to. He probably enjoyed the break as well. Uh, it's uh, the 
Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? How are you? Everything good, Tits? Absolutely. You're on the phone there, so sorry. Yes, I, tra- sorry. I, tra- I tried to drag that thing out as long as I can. Uh, no uh, no show last week? Yeah, it was nice. It was nice? You yeah. enjoyed that? Okay. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, two more to go. Two more. 18 points for Cooper Webb. I think he's going to do it. Yeah. 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 What about Forkner? It's going to be tough. Ooh, that that's going to be the thing to watch this weekend is uh, how that's all going to go. Did they actually come out and say, was he... What was his injury? Uh, they don't really say. They haven't said, but I believe it's an ACL and a meniscus. So, yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's a tough deal. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what we do. Uh, That's let's what get, I'll be watching. Let's get Parabinos and JT on the phone when we can. Like I said, Parabinos first, I should say. Uh, let's go to Andrew on one. Andrew, what's up? Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's happening? Not much, Steve. Hey, um, so what's the chances you can get a camera on Chris Kiefer 24-7 for the first two motos this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to look into that. I know the uh, you can use a go you can use a camera now. Uh, MX Sports re- uh, relax some rules on that. We are going to do some Racer X films from there too as well. So I think we're going to sh- I think the Racer X film guy is going to shadow us for a couple of rounds and see you know kind of make a little movie about it. So um, should be interesting. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll work on that, man. Um, it'll awesome. Be- and then um, sorry to interrupt you, but uh, I had a second question if I could. Sure. Um, so. By the end of Marvin's career, do you ever see him getting a citizenship and riding for the USMXDN? I can see him getting a citizenship, um, you know, like Chad did. Um, but I don't see him riding for uh, uh, MXDN. I just, you know, Chad says he can do it too. And, and I, I, don't see, I don't see the USA guys picking one of those guys, you know, to ride for them. I just don't see it happening. Um, Even with France screwing him over every year? Yeah. Not really get- yeah, I mean, I just I don't think USA would pick him. I just don't. He's French. He's he's born French. Uh, born in France. You know all that. Um, uh, I got gotcha. you. I, I, like I yeah. I I I think it'd be fine if you're a citizen. You're a citizen, and let's do it. But I don't think politically or just morally or whatever they would pick a rider from another country to ride. But yeah, be interesting. Yeah, that's so. what- uh, that's where I thought your answer would be. You have a good show, Steve. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Fly Racing Motor 60 Show presented by Pro Taper, the folks at Get as well as Maxis. Uh, let's get our first guest on the line from Pro Taper, ProTaper.com. Paul Parabinos, what's up, Paul? How are you? What's up, Steve? I'm good, man. You excited? Two left? Two left, uh, and then Hawaii Supercross, and then outdoors. Oh, yeah. So you got to be excited. Yeah. Um, hey, so that's a good question that Andrew had. Do you ever see. Uh, and a foreign rider that gets U.S. citizenship riding for Team USA, like Chad has a citizen, in a citizen, and like Veleman is a citizen. Or you ever see them picking a guy like that? I don't. I just don't. Um, I don't. I, has it has it happened before, to your knowledge? Well, Jeff Ward, uh, but he moved here at a young age. He's Scottish, but he moved here when he was super young. So uh, and, and the really team, counts. the team captain is is from Belgium, right? Yeah. Yeah, although he's, but I just don't see them picking like a Marvin Muscan or, or or Chad or somebody like that. I don't think you can pick one of those guys that's already rode for a different country, but yet there are people that have rode. I mean, Dean Wilson's a good example. He rode yeah. for Canada and Great Britain. So yeah, yeah. no, it's happened. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. But um, yeah, I, I yeah, I guess I agree with you. I don't I don't see it. I guess you could say. Yeah, I just I don't see it happening. You know, but uh, huh, you never know. Um. Hey, so speaking of Dean Wilson, uh, you're our source for all things Dean Wilson. Obviously, we saw a bike malfunction uh, put him out at Denver. He'll, he'll miss the, the last two uh, Supercross races. Will he be 100% for Hangtown? Is it an injury that just needs rest, or is this something that's going to bother him? I don't know yet. Um, he's doing everything he can. The plan is Hangtown. Um, he did dodge a bullet, it sounds like, from the doctor's report, and mm-hmm. no major damage. So um, I think he will be okay. I mean, that guy's very very tough and he even lined up in 2012 when he had a when he had a torn labrum but we saw how that went he had to pull off but um no big damage so um i do think it'll be okay but i just have no idea on the time frame so i don't know if 100 percent at hangtown would be accurate but i would i i would say confidently that he'll be on the gate at hangtown yeah just and and build from there or whatever uh real real bummer for him great series Uh, i think he was fifth overall in the points, uh, six, I should say, six in the points. Probably get passed by Savachi before the whole thing is over. Maybe, maybe by uh, by Cole Seeley as well. But what a what a what a year for him in Supercross, um, just to do what he's done. And it sucks that it ended like that. But a real nice, strong statement uh, from Dean Wilson. 
Yeah, man, I agree, and I, I like. It's cool to hear you say that. And you know, I think he did finally show uh, that he could get back to that guy that he was in 2011. I mean, he was fast a lot. Uh, he won a heat race, um, got a podium, um, and I think he was really trending to finish the season strong. And and I would have loved to see him finish the season strong and start outdoors strong because he's he's an outdoor guy too. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. he's an all around good rider. So. Yeah, shit happens, and Dean's been unlucky a bunch with just part failures and just stuff out of his control, and that's unfortunate. But um, I, I, I really do believe he'll land on a very good team next year, and I think he'll make whoever whoever hires him. I think he'll make that 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 team manager look very smart and proud. Both of us, year. both of us are former mechanics. Uh, we built our fair share of motors over the years and everything else. Uh, and it happens. It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen in our sport where the bike breaks and a rider gets injured, uh, either practicing or um, or at a race. And you begin to think about, um, like, almost why does this happen more? There's so many parts being moving in a motor. There's so much compression. There's heat. There's friction. And the bikes basically stay together um, and all of that. But you just think about, wow, like it's crazy that more things don't happen like this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the sport has evolved. Technology has evolved just how everything in this in, in world in the world has. And, and part failures, I think, are a lot less um, frequent than they are today. You know, and, and especially if you're on one of these good factory teams, they have a really good history of all their parts that they've you know been testing. And they have hour limits on everything and they mm-hmm. change things out and and keep the bikes fresh to keep the athlete healthy. Um, so, but yeah, I'm with you, man. It, it's still a moving machine. Things can break, but uh, it goes to show you how in tune these teams are with their motorcycle that they're working on and, and, um, and understand and know how long the parts can stay in an engine or on a bike. And, um, yeah. and yeah, so it's important to keep the guy healthy for sure. Yeah, you just, you just think about how much stress this stuff is under for these guys and the G-forces and everything else, and you're like, shit. You know, when when things break, you're like, oh, wow, like, shit happens. Yeah, and, yeah, and, it, and, and Supercross is so dangerous, man. If it's car racing or something, your engine blows, you just coast to the side. But if it happens on a face of a triple or a rhythm section, I mean, these guys are jumping and landing on a postage stamp, basically. It's it's it, so it's uh, yeah. uh, it sucks. It's uh, but it's it's yeah, it's uh, part, you know, part of the part of the game in yeah. Supercross. And, no, in our yeah, sport. yeah, absolutely. Never mind the fact that just clearing the obstacles and jumping these quads and everything else is gnarly. Now you have to worry about these things breaking in a motorcycle yeah. here and there. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so hey, um, day race this weekend, New Jersey day race. Uh, what's your thoughts on these things? How, how do you like them? Um, they weren't around when you were a mechanic, but um, what do you think about them from a team's point of, point of view and a rider point of view? And what do you think of them as uh, just a guy watching them from the couch? Yeah, I guess I'm kind of indifferent. indifferent. As a guy from the couch, um, I, I really like the ambiance that comes with a night show. You know, the lights, the lasers, the, the you know, it's. I like that part of it. But as a team guy, you know, or, or, or working and racing in the series, what have you, um, I think a day race is a welcome is welcome you know it's a you don't the day doesn't feel as long you know you get up a little bit earlier but you're not getting out of there at 11 12 at night Mm -hmm. um you can get yourself a decent meal um restaurants are open still and you get more sleep before you have to jump up at 4 a.m to get on a plane so i would imagine most people in the paddock enjoy a day race um and unless you're a rider and you have to deal with like some of the sun issues i think that's a kind of a big dangerous thing i remember it being at dallas uh, a couple years ago, that was a a big thing. The sun was coming right in through the windows, and and it made the track very dangerous. So that's yeah. tough. Um, so it, it's just with anything. There's pros and cons. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, it'll be neat. Um, you know, if you're done early enough, you can head into the city, New York City, and, and have a little bit of a good dinner and have a good time. You know, um, so that's kind of cool for the industry to do. I'm sure a lot of people will take advantage of that. For sure. Yeah. Um, I won't be. I, I'm. I, I spend, Why not? Uh, Got nobody on. to go to dinner with you? Yeah, no, oh, yeah nobody will go with me York, for sure. Yeah. But I just, I've done the city so many times. It's like such a big deal to go in there and figure it out and everything else. I don't know. I The last two times we've gone to this race, I've just stayed in Newark, gone to the race, gone back to Newark, flew out. Just that's it. Uh, I'm, I'm too dedicated to food. I, I it's One of my passions is searching out and yeah. finding good restaurants. Wow. So I, I can't pass it up. Yeah, I've, I, I did eat some phenomenal sushi uh, in the city, deep in the city one time, and it was – I. I forget the name of the place. I should have wrote it down. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you're right. Um, absolutely. There's there's great stuff to do down there. Uh, so Tomax won two in a row. Uh, Webb has 18 points. I would not be surprised if Tomac wins the last two, right? Uh, but Webb wins this title. Can you totally see that playing out? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Eli, as uh, he's won two in a row, as you said, I think he rides well with no pressure. He has nothing to lose. He knows he has to just go out and win, and, and whatever happens, happens. Um, 18 points is a lot, man. I don't know what Eli could do to better his chances besides – I mean, if I was Eli, I'd line up right next to Cooper Alt uh, and cut him off out of the start and put him in the back and try to win the race and make him come from behind. That's the best strategy, I think, mm-hmm. without being really just unsportsmanlike and dirty about it. Um, but, uh, but man, yeah, 18's a lot. Uh, anything can happen in racing, though, so yeah. we'll see. But, um, but yeah. yeah, I think Cooper's got a, pretty much his whole hand around this thing. Yeah, I remember Anderson had a broken wheel, right, at the Salt Lake or whatever that was. He had a nice point yeah. save, and it got, it, he still took it home and everything else, but it definitely made it more exciting. Um, For sure. What do you think, Forkner? Uh, I've, I've heard ACL and meniscus. Uh, he's going to try to tough this thing out. I don't see how this is going to work, Paul. I just he, he doesn't have a big enough lead to nurse this thing home. He has to beat Sexton and Cooper. Uh, he probably hasn't ridden at all. Uh, I don't like his chances, uh, damn it, and it will really suck if he can't pull this thing off because he's been by far the best guy. Yeah, man, I don't know. You know, uh, uh, I have a lot of personal experience with knee injuries, and I have I have messed up knees right now, and and um, every knee injury is different, so it's it's really hard to know. But uh, he's young, and he's had three weeks to try to heal and rehab it. Um, I would expect he's going to head in for surgery probably after Vegas regardless. But, um, I mean, when, with two more rounds to go, you got to try to close this thing out and win a title. But I agree with you. It's going to be hard. I mean, yeah. Sexton and Cooper are not slow, and Austin's had to ride very, very well to beat them. Um, the, you know, the only thing I can think of the the big kind of, uh, you know, curveball in all this is Las Vegas Mm -hmm. and Austin Forkner is a great starter. Um, so, I mean, I think you got to go and try to make sure you're on the podium this weekend. Ideally, you want to try to beat your two rivals, but if you can't, you need to at least be on the podium. Um, so you're in the mix and then you have to whole shot Vegas and, and try to hold on. And maybe, maybe if Marty is back. Maybe Marty can win again and help out. You know, the points gap is the three points. That's the biggest gap, right? So uh, Marty could play a factor in this thing if he can beat those guys. I don't know if he can, though. He, will, he, looked, good in, yeah. uh, he looked good in Denver, but, or uh, in Nashville, I mean, but he needed help. Uh, he, needed those, he needed Cooper to force that pass on Sexton. It's it, it's really interesting to me because we have three guys within seven points that all have a pretty good teammate. You know, Sexton has Craig, Cooper has Oldenburg, and um, Austin has Marty. Um, they could all we, – we might have the most opportunity for team tactics that we've ever seen in a long time. Um, and I think you'll really see it when you see guys line up on the starting line. So I would pay a lot of attention to that if I was you. Uh, you know, when guys are going to the main event, where people are choosing gates, and especially in Vegas – um, but yeah, Marty, I would say, you know, he just won obviously. So if he could whole shot and lead the whole thing, um, I would have to think that he's going to be thinking, or I, I don't know if anything would be said, you know, I've, I've been in that truck and I, and I just haven't ever really seen team tactics, tactics happen inside that truck. So, um, but in this position, if Marty can go out and lead the race, I think you have to almost, you know, get the let Brock buy pit board out and, and have him pay attention at the end of the race and see if he can give Austin some more points, if Austin's in second, for, yeah. for instance. But yeah. Yeah, I Mitch, don't know if I see that happening either. Yeah, Mitch doesn't play that game. You're right. He doesn't normally, you know, so, but... No, he really doesn't. I mean, uh, he's he's very, yeah, he, he's respectful, and, you know, we're at this position because of all the races beforehand, so... Um, I think the the only thing you can do is just put some guys, line up guys near each other on the starting gate, try to get teammates to chop off con- title contenders and put them in the back and make them come from the back. I, I don't think there's anything dirty about that. Yeah. Um, and we'll see what happens. It's going to be I'm going to be watching closely because I think it'll be interesting. Absolutely. Let's get us some phone calls here. Paul Parabinos from ProTaper, ProTaper.com. We actually have a ProTaper question here from Cody. Cody, what's up? What's your question for Paul Parabinos? Cody, your phone sounds like poop, but so we'll let you go. Uh, did you hear the question, Paul? 
I think I heard it. Um, he, I think he's talking about our our bar mounts, and our bar mounts are just universal, so they're made to kind of fit okay. every bike, but not fit any bike perfectly. So okay. I think he was talking about if we had a different height bar yes. mount. Yes. And we don't. We, we just don't. have one part number. It's a universal bar mount. So if he wants okay. to mess with the height, he would have to look in handlebar specs and try to find a handlebar that's lower to adjust. Yeah, to f- make the uh, make the height you want with the bar. Um, yeah. All right, Justin is on three. Justin, what's going on? What's happening? What do you want to talk about? Hey, guys. Um, I actually got, like, a practice track etiquette question. Okay. Um, you know, Ooh, I, I love I, this. I ride in, okay, so, you know, I ride in Southern California, so both of you guys hit up tracks out here. Uh, something I heard on the Swap Moto podcast with uh, Jeremy McGrath was if a slower rider is on the track and with a lot of faster riders, which I know, you know, this happens a lot where, you know, faster riders, pro days, whatever, you might have it, they end up getting in the way. But if it's just an average Saturday and a guy is, you know, just hauling the mail on the track and you're a novice guy kind of like you and I would say, Mathis, you and I probably are right around the same speed. And then, Paul, you're going to be a much faster guy. So is it our responsibility to get out of the main line and get out of your way? Or is it our responsibility to just keep our freaking heads straight? Don't worry about what's behind us. If you're faster than me, get the fuck around me. Uh, yeah, I think I think you want to hold your line uh, and just let the faster guy come up on you. And it's easy because he can see where you are. But what do you think, Paul? Yeah, I mean, I agree. That's The, the, the biggest thing is you don't want to make – big sudden changes or moves worrying about the people behind you you can't you can't worry you can't worry about what you're doing if you're constantly looking over your shoulder about you know dealing with who's out there i mean and you have to people have to use their best judgment i mean if you go to glenn helen on a thursday or paula on a monday when every factory team is out there like go ride a different track or something if you're going to be in you know because if you're constantly just getting swamped by a guy like that's no fun for the slower guys either but but i think for sure you need to hold your line um other a practice etiquette thing that I absolutely hate is when, you know, everyone's out there with their own agenda. Some guy could be out there doing a five lap sprint or a 30 minute moto. And this could be an amateur, you know, a a C rider or anything, or you could just be out there cruising. But if you look over your shoulder and see somebody faster coming up behind you, and then you decide to all of a sudden go faster and race that guy, you're asking to get fucking clobbered. At least that's how I feel. Like, I think that's the most, the worst etiquette thing you can do is when you look over your shoulder and you say, Oh, somebody's coming, I'm going to race him. That's practice. And that's like something I think happens a lot in California and it drives me up the wall. And if somebody does that to me, I make sure I try to make contact when I pass the guy. Cause it pisses me off. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, see, and that makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I see Kiefer a lot and I really want to give some props to him at sunrise because I mean, he's faster than almost everybody at that track. And, he never tends to, you know, if you're in the main line, he's fine with that. He figures out his way around you. But listening to the other podcast, Jeremy had kind of a different view. Like it was more on the slower guy to get out of the way. I, I don't think I so. I, I mean, how do you know? How, why should you try to get out of the way when you don't know where the guy's coming or you're going? You know, you can't see behind you. So I, I don't yeah. I, I don't understand that part. I, I went to Milestone last week and there was um, – there was this little tabletop out of a turn, and it was an inside line and an outside line, and there was faster guys obviously there than I. And I just stopped going to the inside because it was so one lined that I felt like I was going to hold somebody up if they were coming up on me. So I just started going outside. I'm just like, ah, screw it, it's slower, but at least I won't get in anybody's way. And so I kind of rode that way, you know, to 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 be respectful to the guys that are faster out there. So. Yeah. I think you got to, as a slower rider, you have to think about that too. You're just like, look, there's one inside line that all the fast guys are taking and then because they need to clear this jump or they need to clear this tabletop or whatever it is. I'm not going to go there because my corner speed isn't as good, you know? So it's kind of right how on. I look at it. Thanks, man. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Ratcliffe on five. Ratcliffe, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, guys. Good afternoon or noon as it may be. Uh, just a couple quick questions. Um, saw the track map and i noticed there looks like two full sets of whoops in this track yep uh will do we think austin can even uh uh, i don't think it matters i don't think the whoops are going to be one thing paul that hurts them more than anything the whole thing's going to be tough cornering whoops landing off overshooting things all of that's going to be tough paul to me i don't see whoops Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it just. I think it just depends on his knee injury. You know, yeah. it, you you have to grip the bike tightly with your knees. 
um, to go through whoops. But, you know, and looking at the trap mac, trap mac, yeah, there's two sets of whoops, but who knows how the heck they're going to build them. They could be difficult. They could be tough. I mean, that could be a, an area, but um, I think uh, I, I would think a rutted track is going to be more difficult for him. If he has to keep taking his feet off the pegs or, um, you know, that would be more dangerous, I think. But, um, but yeah, we'll see. I, it really just depends. Every injury is unique, so yeah. I really have no idea how if that would be more difficult for him or not. Thanks, Ratcliffe. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Hey, my other quick okay. question is, do these guys ever train at night? Um, or, like, around dinner time, which is when Supercrosses usually seem to happen? Yeah, Honda had lights for a while. They would rent lights and, and run through a program at night. Um, yeah, but I think the lighting is the biggest thing. What about you, Paul? Have you heard much of that? Yeah, it, not so much, like, practice, but um, a, a lot of teams that I've been on or, or other teams I know have done what you just said, simulations at night, and it's, it's you know, like, hey, we do a, a practice, a heat race, a main event, and a lot of it is also um, for tuning of the motorcycle, you know, when the when the sun goes down and it gets cooler and moisture changes and, you know, humidity, all that, it's an opportunity for teams to test their motorcycles and make sure that they're going to work good at night, so... But it doesn't really happen as far as, like, practice pounding out motos all no. the time to stay on, like, a, hey, I wake up at this time, I race at this time type schedule. That's really... It's not know, a bad idea, though. It just I think just the cost of renting lights and everything else and, yeah. you know, all that. But, I mean, Paul, you know as well as, as anybody that at night in Anaheim, you know, the moisture comes up. And what a perfect simulation if you could do that at your test track out in Corona. You know, when the moisture yeah, comes I'm, up. Yeah, I mean, I think the only guy that really used to do it that had lights and would practice on a track with lights was Stuart. Um, and, uh, so maybe he did, especially when you're on the East coast and then you go to the West. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Good question. Yeah. Good question, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Tony. Tony, what's up, man? How are you? Stevie. Great. Thanks. Hey, I was wondering if you got it. Have you gotten any blowback on the whole Rick thing? Has that come back to get you yet? No, no. What do you mean? Come get me though. I don't know. How, well, how can I, I come get me? No, what I, I, I just wonder if there's any look. I love it. I called in a few weeks ago. I called in. You said hello. I said, "Hey, Rick." But I was at Orange County Fairground, like some shithole fairground motocross track yesterday, uh-huh. and some 65-year-old guy was unloading his kids, and there was like you know people everywhere, just like what you'd expect. Yeah. And this guy looked. This guy looks at me. And he's like, "Rick, Rick." So of course, because it's rattling and around our heads, I yell back to him, "Rick!" And then all the way down the pits at least six other people rick rick and it just spiraled out of control <laughs> i mean yeah. and, and the reason i ask the reason i ask is because you know this thing's taken on a life here of its own and i don't think it can be walked back and i think you know i wonder if it has it gotten to him yet and has uh, it become like a thing at all i don't know i guess they they did a uh, jeff emig and rick and ricky carmichael who's do a podcast and where that came from admittedly came from Kiefer though i never did hear it uh, yeah, they they yeah. they addressed it on their podcast. I guess they're not too stoked with with people making fun of it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, look, if you got technical difficulties and you don't take it out of your show, like I don't understand why you wouldn't just go back and edit it out. I just I I would tell Fro that if he was sitting across from me right now, like what what do you what do you you got you got disconnected and you just kept saying Rick over and over and, and you never took it out of the, out of the out of the podcast. What what the hell? Yeah. So you know, there's just there's people with mumbling under their breath, Rick walking around the pits. I mean, this guy oh, he, know, he yeah. followed it up with he followed up with. But, I mean, Ricky he, Ricky's great. He's one of the best and all. But I mean, Jesus, I mean, Rick Rick. He just kept going on. I I just had to ride away from him. Ah, uh, I mean, yeah, I know. Awesome. We we did our live show last week in Denver, or two weeks ago in Denver, and we got on stage, and within ten seconds of getting on stage, there's guys from the audience yelling, Rick, Rick. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't know. I, I love our listeners. I can't control what you know they like and what they don't like or whatever, right? So, um, but no, but I would tell I would up, tell Fro and Ricky like you guys, you guys, come on, you you deserve to be made fun of a little bit for that. Uh, you know, you should have took it out of the show. So, that, yeah, that's they're, they're probably getting a lot more views, a lot of a lot of downloads. Oh, there we go. There we go. So, thanks, man. Thanks. Appreciate. All right, guys. Bye. Thank you. Uh, Paul Paravino's here from Pro Taper on the Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show, uh, presented by Get. And Pro Taper and Maxis, of course. A couple more calls here. We got uh, Don. What's up, man? How are you, Don? What's going on? Hey, Steve. Thanks so much for the content, man. Listen all the time. It's uh, awesome. You're welcome. Thank you. Look, um, I wanted to see if there may be a slight uh, Mathis connection here down in my neck of the woods. We, uh, Some buddies of mine used to work at a shop uh, down south. And at one point in time, a certain KTM-supported individual who may or may not have gone by the name of Slide Blooper had a KTM 
that was supposedly a test mule that had been ridden by Kelly Smith in the four-stroke nationals. Hmm. He was tuned by that excellent mechanic. Yeah, um, yeah two-time, two-time and, East Coast four-stroke champion, by the way. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean, awesome job there. But so I, I, it got me to wondering. Um, I actually got to ride the bike, and uh, power was phenomenal, which actually led me to later buy a KTM four-stroke when they came out. But um, did that? You have any clue? Could this? Could we have gotten the real story? And might that have been his bike that we got to play yeah, around on? A yeah, bit? sure. Why not? I mean, we just used to uncrate them from KTM and then give them back at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the series. And who knows what they did with them? Uh, I just saw on Twitter the straight rhythm YZ250 that Cameron McAdoo rode, the Ramit bike that we did up for him. Uh, it was down in North Carolina with our graphics on it and, and our parts on it because Yamaha, you know, it's just a lone pool bike and, and they, they sell it to dealers. So absolutely could be a KTM. Like, I don't know where it went after we were done with it. You know, I know one year we took Shane King's works KTM transmission and works piston and works head that he was racing with and used it all that, that, that whole uh, outdoor or East Coast four-stroke nationals. And then at the end of the thing, they said, hey, uh, you know, Shane, we got to take those parts out of the bikes. And I was like, yeah, screw it. I'm done. I don't care. I'm not, I don't take any out of it. So, so there's somewhere out there is a 2000 KTM 520 with a KTM factory head and transmission out there somewhere. I don't know where. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know, man. It could be. Yeah, very well could be. That's awesome. It was, so. kind of, it was one of those deals where my, my friends worked at the dealer, and he was yeah. in town for, I guess I'll say, the New Orleans Supercross that year. Yeah. And uh, and he was leaving it at the dealer, and he said, hey, guys, um, you know, I, I know y'all probably love to ride it, so I, I really can't say what happens with it as long as it's back here and clean on Monday when I come to pick it up. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's that's probably, probably one of the bikes. So um, thanks, uh, man. Sweet. Appreciate it. Thank you. Sweet. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, Paul, I mean, you just never know where these things go, where they end up. Um, I've seen factory <laughs> bikes on eBay before, you know, like practice bikes or whatever. Like, yeah, who, who knows, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I do know that you know, one year with the World Supercross rounds, they, Yamaha gave me some pro circuit pipes, special ones, you know, works ones, and they're like, hey, bring these back. And the end of the night, I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to bring these back. Like, I, I, I don't know where it's going to happen to these things, but I don't want to put them back in my bag. So I, I, I he just like I don't know, bro. So, anyway, it's kind of funny. Uh, Marshall, what's going on? Uh, you have some team manager ideas, Marshall? Yeah, I got some. Yeah, I got some input. So with the nationals right around the corner, yeah. Um, what's the chance ability we can negotiate, uh, or you can negotiate uh, getting Ramit graphics plastered on the side of the bike and the truck? Oh, I think it'd be a for Kiefer? I, I think it'd be a great. Yeah, Kiefer. No, they, dude, no, I got to take this thing seriously. They got Bullfrog Spas and all of that. Like, I got to really, I can't. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 add add that on, add that on there. I think you could put that in negotiation. Uh, I'd like to, yeah. Well, you can start printing cash on the side through this graphic. <laughs> I know, right? We should just start doing that. Uh, I, I hope we do ram it up the asses of some factory teams at the first two nationals. I I, I hope we I'd do. I expect nothing, nothing less. Okay, I hope so, man. Uh, hey, you want to set right. a pro taper clamp on grips? Oh yeah, I do. Let okay. Me rat, let me rat. <laughs> all right, no problem. Stay on hold. Uh, Tits, get your information. All right. All right, thanks. Man. No problem. Yeah, you, you ask a question like that, you get to set a, a clamp on grips, Paul. It's that easy. <laughs> Why are you clamping on grips, anyways? Though that's what I question. I got. I don't, I like to glue them on too. That's me. Okay. All right. I can go on for twenty minutes if you want about clamp on grips. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're good. Hey, um, I'm a glue on guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, am I gonna go down to Pro Circuit and clean the shop, or is Mitch coming up here to do um, uh, the Pulp Max show? What, what, what's what's your mean, take on this? Two races left. Marty just won, though. Yeah, I honestly, Steve, I don't like your chances, man. Oh, um, I know, right? If I can give you some advice, you know, they have like a little mini Zamboni down there, and if you can, um, you they have like a little wheelie, uh, like a little. Sit, sit sit stool that has some wheels on it and to make you know to make it easy you can just drive the zamboni around and sit on that stool and you don't have to walk at all i've done that before <laughs> okay um all right but uh but yeah, yeah you're gonna i think you'll be down there cleaning that's i need that's a lot of points to make up <laughs> i need uh i need all the advice from you the man who's cleaned that shop many many times so, yeah i've done it uh you can tell me all the uh all, cutting all the corners and everything else so um, Justin Brayton's coming back. Christian Craig is coming back. Where do you put them on their return? First up, Brayton. What do you think? Can he? He's missed uh, three. Um, where, where, where do you add him at? 
Yeah, I don't know on Brayton. Um, what did he even injure? I, His knee? Not, he got pumped, remember, in Seattle? A, he got shot up. Yeah, and... I'm not a – oh, that's right, that's right. Um, I mean, Brayton's a – I would probably put him in the 8 to 13 range. Um, Craig, I'd probably put in the 4 to 7 range. 4 to 7, you think? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's been it's been uh tough for him, but the the class isn't as deep as it once was, right? No no no. Yeah, yeah, there. it hasn't been tough for Christian. He just can't seem to stay healthy it seems. Um um but I do think he rides he rides, you know, really we've seen some of his best rides I think when there hasn't been a whole bunch of pressure, you know, or like title pressure or he's yep. coming back from retirement. Um and he, you know, he's been he's considered himself a title guy for the last 2 3 years now and he's just gotten hurt. So that's all out the window now, so I think he'll ride pretty good. I mean, he did have a tough injury. He's been on the bike for a while, so I think, yeah, four to seven. I mean, he's too good of a rider to be do worse than that. I would, I would think he'd be there. Are you surprised by Bogle getting hot the last few weeks? He got fourth uh, in Denver. Um, I, I just I can't figure this sport out, and it makes it covering really <laughs> frustrating because obviously he should start slow, obviously. Um, yeah. You know, but we're, we're at round 15. Um, he rides, you know, two times a week, three times a week, and all of a sudden he starts riding better, and you're like, why? And he's like, ah, oh, I had some health issues and this and that that he never talked about. But are you surprised? And can he keep it going? I mean, a little bit, uh, a little bit. I mean, he he rode awesome for that fourth, but I mean, it's just it's it's injuries, right? I mean, I, this is a guy that's won a moto and won an outdoor before. He's a Supercross champion. I mean, he's a really good rider, and and he's a great starter. And when you're a good starter, you you're you just open so many more possibilities for yourself to get good results. Um, so uh, I think he's on a good bike. And uh, but yeah, I mean he's you know he was. I, I remember talking to him at milestone probably a week before Anaheim won, and it was second day on the bike. So right. that's going to take time. Um, and I think now that he's been through so many injuries, I think he's just less willing to put it on the ragged edge when he doesn't feel yep. really comfortable. And right. to get really comfortable, it takes a lot of time. So. Um, I mean that was a great ride for him, and now that he's got one, because he's a good starter, I think he I think he will be 100% in the top 10 again, um, and he's a good outdoor rider too. So it's really all mo- about momentum and trying to stay healthy. And he had a he had a lot of injuries on top of one another for a while there, so yep. I could see it taking longer to get back. But you know he's got three outdoor rides, and then Benny Bloss should be back, and then he'll, he's probably done. And then now he comes into the 2020 season uncertain of a ride and. Has he done enough to get an early ride, to get an early shot? I don't know yet. Um, it's tough because he's up against, uh, you know, there's there's going to be a few free agents. You know, there's it sounds like Cole Seeley might be a free agent, Dean Wilson. Um, who am I missing? Joey Savacci, I think, is working on a deal still. Uh, there's the question of whether Cincerillo will move to 450 or 250. Uh, I think I think he'll end up staying on a 250 personally. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it just depends, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, he's making strides to be in that conversation, but he needs to keep going for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, again, you just, you lose all your momentum, right? Just, you're just yep. waiting and you may have to jump on another bike and all of this, all of this stuff that had been building so well for Justin Bogle could be right back at square one again. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, just, just how in business sales cures all, I think in racing results cures all, if he goes out and, and he puts together two more top fives to finish the supercross season and then shows up at Hangtown and he's, you know, in the, in the five, six, seven range again, every moto, I think he's They'll figure out a way to keep him on that team. I you think, think? Yeah. To at that point. yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I right. have no idea about their budgets and costs and, yeah. And you know, um, you know, it's hard to find mo- money in May for a yeah. lot of these businesses because everybody is working on a January to mm-hmm. December fiscal typically. So um, I know Western Power Source is a bit different, I believe. So, but it's hard to find money in May. So maybe not. Uh, yeah. That's going to be tough to see. Yeah, and it's not a factory team. It's you know, Force Butler owns it, so you have to think, hey, I need a mechanic. Everything money for both. Every money, every bit of money for this third guy comes right out of anything I'm taking home at the end of the year. You know. Yep. Hundred like, percent. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, Paul. Well, hey, thanks for thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Uh, I can't help but feel your good mood that you did today on the show is directly associated with your Pulp Mix Fantasy score last round. So. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, buddy. Hey, thanks. Are you going to uh, Vegas? Are you coming to Vegas, or do you know? No. Uh, no. no more Supercrosses for me. I'll be at right. Hangtown as the You'll next one. You'll be at Hangtown. Awesome. Okay, thanks, man. Thanks for the time. All right. Thank we'll you. See ya.
ProTaper.com. That's Paul Parabinos. Please check him out. Fly Racing. Fly Racing Formula Helmet is out now. It's a, a fantastic device, and uh, you want to talk about something that is the pinnacle of helmet design for these guys. It, it is a Formula Helmet, absolutely. Uh, uh, Baggett, uh, Bogle. Osborne, just a few of the guys that are wearing it out there. Uh, similar, uh, I wore it yesterday. Very hot out. Ventilation was uh, superb on it. So thanks to um, uh, those guys for making it happen. Check out the formula tab on flyracing.com to learn more about this helmet that these guys have put a lot of money and time into. So uh, let's get to our next guest. Speaking of fly racing, it's uh, it's JT. What's up, Jason Thomas? How are you? Not too much. I am uh, I am on duty and reporting live from. New Jersey. So I will have uh, up to the minute weather report. Uh, whatever info you need, I am I am here and live. Weather is looking good for this weekend's day race. Uh, it's looking good for Saturday. Um, it's going to be a little rough tomorrow, where we've got a, a sun coming through. We're looking at scattered showers during the morning. Uh, but yeah, race day should be good. It'll be a little windy, a little cool, but that's all right. We've okay. dry. We'll okay. Be fine. Uh, I talked to Paul off the top about day races. Where are you at with these things? I think we're in year three or four of day races, uh, randomly scattered here and there. What's your thoughts on them? I, I mean, honestly. Do you I, consider this a day race? It, why wouldn't it be? Well, it's a little later. I mean, it, you know, the first heat race is at 5 o'clock. So. Yeah, but, I mean, that's, you know, you still, yeah, I consider it a day race. I do. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's earlier. I, to me, it's kind of a, a hybrid. I mean, to me, the day races were, like in Boston, where opening ceremonies is at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's pretty early. Um, but, yeah, I, I actually kind of like it. Um, for those of us that travel to these all the time, it's, it's a nice change, and it allows us to actually get some sleep on Saturday night. And, uh, you know, I, I would rather start earlier and finish earlier. Um, I do think it takes away a little bit of the ambiance of Supercross. Because we're not going to get sunset until the main event. So when, literally when the main event's on the track, the sun's going to be going down. Uh, so like opening ceremonies, the fireworks and the lights and all that, it takes away a little bit of that. Uh, but selfishly, from my perspective, I will take this schedule every time. Oh, you will? Every time? Like this is, if, you, if they, say we, would, wanna, yeah, if, if they say we want to do 17 of these things, you're in. I will. Yeah, to get done, you know, with the main event ending at 7.45 and to actually be able to eat dinner when something's still open on Saturday night and sleep. You know, we all get out of bed at 3, 4, 5 in the morning on Sunday morning and fly home and feel like zombies all day Sunday. Um, I feel like it would kind of remove okay. that and we would get some sleep and some food and, and feel a lot better. So, yeah, I would take it. All right. Uh, sounds good. We're still giving away a set of Fly Racing Kinetic Mesh gear here on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by Get and Pro Taper and Maxis. Uh, Webb's got an 18-point lead. There's two races left, obviously. I, uh, I ran this by Paul. I can totally see Eli winning the last two, but Webb taking this thing home. I don't know I don't know how Webb anyway finishes outside the top four in, in, in these two races. It would have to be a disaster. His starts have been on it. He's been on it. Um, yeah, I just, I just see this thing. Uh, that's how I see this thing playing out. What about you? Yeah, barring disaster, you've got to like Webb's chances here. Um you, I also like uh, I like Eli to run away with his, these last two, and and Marvin could step in there and win something too. But just with the way Eli's riding, and you kind of know that going in, that Cooper's not going to fight Eli. I, I don't see him getting involved or really even pushing the envelope to to battle for the win. You know, as long as he's in a comfortable position, he can see Eli and Marvin, and he can count the points in his head, re, you know, reasonably well. And uh, yeah, I don't. I just think he's gonna he's gonna ride this this thing home. You know, he's had he's had a nice weekend off to to sit around and kind of roll through scenarios in his head and say, okay, well, I don't have to do anything stupid here. The the pressure's not on me anymore. All I have to do is just basically stay off the ground, and good things are gonna happen. So uh, I, I think that Denver really with Marvin um, not able to match Cooper's pace and Eli not able to gain more than the three points he, he gained. I think that was the, that was the the kind of the final straw uh, with so, Cooper back there in sixth or seventh. I think there was an opportunity there, and uh, Cooper, you know, he he made it happen, and he deserves it. So does Marv play the role of good teammate here? Like his chances are no. done. He he's not jumping two no, guys. No, no. no he's going to try to win. He's going to try to win the race. Whatever else happens behind him, okay. who cares? Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't think he I don't think he cares at okay, all about but, whether Cooper wins or not. Okay, so he's. Eli's out front, he's in second, Webb's in third, he takes that second? 
I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, that could change in Vegas if if the point scenario changes. But right now, there's just there's too many points to really even worry about it. Um, I, I would guess just from being around some of the KTM scenarios over the years that uh, there will be a conversation of like, hey, guys, if, if this happens and these things happen, we may need you to pull over a la East Rutherford two years ago. But right now, with the way points are, he really doesn't even have to worry about that stuff. It's mm-hmm. kind of irrelevant right now. So, going into the last two races, Tomac, Webb, and Marvin obviously are guys that could, you know, finish top three and probably will. Roxon could get in the mix. I don't know what's going on with Ken. I thought he would win a Supercross by the end of the year. Uh, and now I don't like his chances. I don't. I, I just think Tomac's highly motivated and, and, and has nothing to lose. And I don't know... Why Kenny couldn't capture it? He's been up and down. You know, he had those tests. He said he was fine. He rode some great races. Then he comes to Denver and absolutely sucks again. Sucks for him. Uh, and, and I just, I guess he doesn't win one of these, JT. I don't know. Can't see it. Yeah, I mean, anything's possible, clearly. You know, he could come out and look like he did in Nashville. You know, what? What's we, we haven't really figured out any reason why he's looked good or bad. So there's, you know, he, yep. he could come out swinging just like he did then. We don't we don't really know. Um uh, but he's going to have to have a day like that, I think, to win. He's going to have to have everything firing on all cylinders because he's just – he's not been bad, but he's just – for him, he's been very mediocre. Um, he looks he looks flat. He doesn't have the intensity. He's not able to pass guys. And, you know, more importantly than in anything, which has hurt him this, this year at times, Arlington specifically, uh, the last few laps, he, he's not able to maintain his own pace. Uh, so, yeah, I, I yeah. don't like his chance to either. I know. I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, No, of course not. Yeah. Clearly good enough. It just, yeah, I, I like everything about the way Eli's riding right now. But for the third year in a row, it's going to be too little too late. Uh, Brayton's coming back this weekend. Uh, can he jump back into his normal, uh, say, four to six, four to seven range? Or, or is it going to take him a little bit to get up speed? Yeah, I don't. I don't personally think so. Um, you know, he's still riding injured. Just because he can race doesn't mean he's not injured still. Um, I think he's going to be a bit tentative. You know, the adrenaline will help definitely, and it, he'll probably get a tor- all shot, which I, you know, I would recommend if he's on the fence about that, just to take his his mind off of the pain. Um, but it's it's really hard to ride um, without that in the back of your mind. Uh, so. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be top 10, but to think he'll be right where he was, like in the fourth or fifth spot, mm-hmm. you know, battling right in there, I personally don't see that. I think he'll be more in that, you know, six through 10, just because it takes that final one or 2% off, just that extra little bit of uh, kind of reckless abandon that you can ride with when you're healthy. You can't ride that way when you're injured. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll be tough. I'm looking for Zach Osborne, the last two, to maybe get in the mix. and I mean, he, maybe he can be a bit of a spoiler. Uh I know definitely going into Hangtown, he'll have a fresh start. He'll be ready to go and all of that. But um, Osborne or Baggett or Savachi maybe can grab a podium in these last two? Yeah, for sure. All those guys can. Uh, I like I like what you said about Osborne because I think he's still on the rise as far as getting better or worse in the season. And, you know, a season's like a roller coaster for these guys as far as, you know, ebbs and flows. And Osborne getting a late start, coming in injured, uh, he's still building momentum, and he's still trying to up his best finish of the year. You know, right now it's fifth. I know he really wants a podium. At, you know, we both talked to him quite a bit, and and I think he just he he senses an opportunity in these last two, and I think he really wants to end the season with a podium. Uh, so as some of these guys are just kind of switching over their focus from from Supercross to outdoors and just trying to get out of this thing healthy. I think Zach will be one of the guys that's really pushing it and hanging it out at these last two to try to get that final good finish. Right. Uh, let's get some phone calls here. Uh, Ratcliffe, what's up, man? How are you? What's going on? Hey, guys. Um, <clears throat> I was lucky enough to catch the Pulp Fly Supercross pit show. Okay. In Denver. Yep. And it was awesome. Cool to see you guys live. My question is, would you ever consider doing, like, a practice review or looking over some of the highlights of practice while you guys do that show? Uh, probably. I mean, we do touch on it. We touch on what happened and in practice and who qualified well and all that. Um, as far as official stuff, like highlights and all that, yeah, Feld's not going to let that happen. They have their own uh, Supercross live show with, with Blair and Holly. So, um, 
you know, that's not going to happen. But I feel like, I don't know, maybe we didn't in Denver, uh, Ratcliffe, but I feel like we talk about practice. Cool. Yeah, I'd love to see and hear your uh, your opinions right after practice because it's so pertinent in your mind after just watching yeah. it. I feel like we do that, JT, pitch. don't we? I don't know. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't It'd really cool hear him, honestly. It was really quiet on my end. Okay. But it sounded like something about analyzing practice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't yep, during. quite as much as we used to with that uh, post-practice wrap-up show. But, you know, it's it's something that we talk about at the races quite a bit, is that everyone gets so worked up about practice and time qualifying right up until opening ceremony starts and nobody cares anymore. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't... Um... I agree. I just kind of think to myself, ah, just whatever. Like, I think if you if yeah. you qualify fastest, like if you're Dean Wilson, you qualify fastest or whatever. That's super cool and awesome, and it's a nice little thing to put to help your confidence out. But yeah, if Roxon qualifies fourth and Tomax first, I'm not, you know, I'm not running around. Yeah, but in those in those two or three hours before the night show, everyone's all worked up about it, and then as soon as the gate drops for the heat race, they're like, huh, practice what? Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. irrelevant. Uh, yeah, I agree. Well, they are trying to make their picks for fantasy team too, right at that time. As well, yeah, so yeah, yeah, true. A little bit sure. of pertinence, of course. Yeah. Um, what time is the live show this weekend, JT? Do we have a time yet? The in in. in... Uh, I think I think it's going to be around three fifteen. Okay. All right. So 315-ish WPS truck in New Jersey, East Rutherford Stadium. Uh, we'll be there, and uh, we'll have special guests, and we'll we'll break everything down. So thanks, Ratcliffe. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, should, should be fun. Uh, let's go to – Randy is on four. Randy, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, uh, doing pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, good, man. Thanks for calling in. Hey, I hate to beat up on the, the broadcast, but nobody's ever asked this question is – why not use Jim Hawley instead of Ricky Carmichael? Hawley's done it before. He's done done races. He's been the color guy many times. Uh, you go back in the archives, you can see it. I would. I mean, I don't know for sure, Randy. I would guess that they looked at him and thought about it, and maybe Jim didn't want to do it, or, or they just didn't think he was good enough. You know that. I mean, I mean, that, he does. He, he does do a really good job on Race Day Live. Does his homework. Yep. A lot, of, a lot of good insight. I, I mean, I agree. Like he's pretty seasoned, seasoned at it. He'd yeah. be a great, great guy for it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously they looked at him, right? At some point, someone would have said, "Hey, how about Jim?" Yeah. And then someone said, "No." Uh, that's the. Yeah. I would, I would imagine he's on the payroll, so he, he has to be a, an option, certainly. Um, right. But yeah, I guess they. I like yeah. I like Hollywood, but I I think Daniel Blair is a much more talented broadcaster than than Hollywood is. Yeah, yeah. Daniel would be do a good job for sure. So. Uh, yeah. There. Randy, do you do you, uh, do you ride? I do. All right. Do you want to set a fly race in kinetic mesh gear? I certainly would. All right. Fantastic. Stay on hold. Tits will get your information. All right. All right. Cool. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Uh, I rode yesterday, JT, with the kinetic mesh and then my my uh, formula helmet, and it was ninety two degrees here. It's already hot, and uh, well, yep. felt felt like I was riding naked. It was fantastic. We're so, getting pretty lucky. It's gonna be. It's gonna actually cool down for uh, for the Supercross next week. I saw I'm that. Yeah. About that. So much ventilation yeah. between the Formula helmet and the kinetic mesh. Um, oh yeah. Hey, what look. Uh, let's touch on the TV broadcast a little bit without getting ourselves in trouble or yelled at or whatever. But look, it's not gone well um, for Ricky and Ralph. Ralph's been, I think, brought down a little bit by Ricky. Um, Ricky's the greatest motocross rider ever. Uh, he's the goat and all of that. I, you would have to be if you're a position of power. Uh, Todd Gendro, uh, Nicole, uh, is it Nicole Feld? Yep, Nicole Feld. Also, um, you, you can't. I would think, and maybe I'm wrong. You tell me. You have to see all the negativity been going on with fans. There will always be negativity. They could put, they could put Jesus in the in the booth with Ralph, and there will be negativity about Jesus talking about carpentry too much or whatever. So there will always be the negative people, a hundred percent. But I think they got to realize that it has been really bad this year. I can't believe my feed, my the phone calls, the emails, the the tweets, the Instagram messages about how bad Ricky is in the booth. Uh, I wonder if this is even registering with the powers that be. Uh, I would say probably not. Um, I don't think. I think if if they make a change, I don't think it will be connected to all the feedback you're seeing. Yeah. I, I don't think that they are as engaged and connected to they don't they don't yeah they don't notice it they don't think yep and maybe if they do a little bit it's not enough to to you know yep 
make a change or do anything. You're just so much more involved and engaged and a part of this than, you know, they have a lot of other things going on. Oh, yeah. I just, I don't see it being the determining factor. Um, because, I mean, even, you know, even industry people and everything, you know, the general theme in the pits with the riders and the industry is that it's not going that well on TV. Yeah, so. and, and that comes back to the same old thing is, does that matter either? Yeah. I just yeah. don't. Just the, I don't do you think, think the do you think the back is up and just being and the, the the their backs are up and they're just saying you guys are all you know just negative people internet trolls et cetera et cetera that's what they're yeah I just man as crazy as it sounds to think they're not seeing it I mean you go back to some of the tweets we saw right after all of the lime stuff and there was basically zero uh, acknowledgement of it. it was like oh just you know another day and like. Meanwhile, kind of the sky was falling around the industry with this wine deal. So guys are getting burned and going to hospitals. Yeah, I mean it was it was one of the worst incidents we've had at the time, in a, in a long time as far as widespread through the industry, and there was seemingly no acknowledgement of that yeah. in you know daily life. So right, that, right. that's kind of where I take my my perspective yeah. is from. Is there there's a lot of other things happening? They're not really worried about how good or bad the commentator is. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. And there will always be complaints. And like I said, no matter who you put up there. People aren't going to like it, yep. you know. Um, yep. But but there is an extra bit this year of complaining. I feel like, and, and you know, somewhat you know justified. I wonder though, if is for someone who, even if they've been around it a long time, let's say you know Todd Gendro, he's he's been doing this around a long time. You know, he he's a very big Ricky Carmichael fan, which is fine. You know, he did, Ricky Carmichael deserves a lot of accolades and deserves a lot of people's respect. But do you think that they watch it and think that it's poorly done or could be better because that would be my question is is and higher ups than that that aren't really super cross uh let's say knowledgeable or it's it's not inherent to them do they even know that it's not a, a good broadcast i don't know <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's that's right. the more important question right it's, right if everything's going smoothly and you don't know any better like if i watched if I watched a hockey broadcast, I couldn't tell you if the guy's good or bad because I don't know the intricacies of it to know if he's doing a good job or a bad job, really. You know? Ray Ferraro's really kind good. Kind of follow on the action. Right. Ray Ferraro's good in hockey. Okay. Um, Fair enough. But no, but that's not exa- that's apples to oranges a little bit because Todd is a motocross guy. He's been along a long time. And, and Todd for- is a, Todd's not really fair. He's been around it forever. But I'm saying someone like Nicole Feld, you know, yeah, someone yeah, that's yeah. actually okay. making right. the decision. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Good point. Uh, we'll see. Um, I just I can't believe this year that the amount of – there's always complaints. This year it seems like it is double. No one is happy. Everyone's just going, what is going on up there, you know? Um, well, so. and I think it's, it, it's the first year we've had a change since, what, 2006? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. So, yeah, of course you're going to get, you know – Good or bad, you're going to hear about it a lot because it's been 13 years. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like say when Racer X or Pulpamex puts out a new website, it's automatically flooded with complaints and it's terrible and it's because it's brand new. It's right. change. It's change, yeah. right? Uh, I I really believe that if you had put in someone there that had blown everybody's socks off, you would it, it wouldn't have just been negative just because people want to be negative. Yeah, I think it could have gone the other way. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, one last call here on the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show, Morgan. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? What's happening? Not a whole lot. First, I want to apologize about your Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah. Second, yeah. 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 Second, I was actually going to ask if you guys were sold out for uh, the live podcast this Friday, and if not, where can I get one of those tickets? Uh, tickets uh, available tickets on RacerX on Online. Racer Online. You turn, yeah. turn me down there in turn the background. Turn me down there in the background. You can hear oh, me. Sorry you. about that. That's all right. Uh, tickets available on RacerX Online. There's a link. You can buy directly from the venue. Yep. Rick, you there? All right, Morgan. Uh, go to RacerX Online and uh, pick them up on there. Pulpamex has a link as well. It's the Loft in Patterson, New Jersey. Uh, Barry Carson, Davey Coombs will be on there. JT, you'll be there tomorrow night. Should be fun. Good times. I'm already here, bro. Yeah. I'm ready. All right. Yeah, you're, you're there early. Great. Can't wait. Um, so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. I'm People outside the Loft right now. Pick up. No, you're not. No, you are not. Uh, <laughs> uh, go. So go pick up tickets. Uh, go and uh, have a fun time, and uh, we'll see you there tomorrow night. Should be a good time. All right, JT, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. We will see you uh, tomorrow night at the Loft in Patterson, Jersey for the live podcast show. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. See you. All right. See you later, everybody. Thank you, Paul Parabinos. Thank you, Jason Thomas. Thank you, people, for calling in. 
Thanks, Fly Racing and Pro Taper for the for the gifts. Tits. Yes, sir. You were, just, you were fantastic. You and really, I, you really, really brought it. I felt like I put a little extra effort you, into this. I felt like you brought it. I really yeah. did. Uh, the excitement noticing. level was off the charts. Yes, thank you. Uh, so thanks everybody for calling. Appreciate it. One more of these next week, next Thursday before Vegas. We'll see you then. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by Get Pro Taper and Maxis. Wee's out. <laughs> <laughs>